Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Sometimes our conversations don't go as much as we've been working on them the last five weeks. And uh, by the way, do you guys have, if you haven't picked up one of these yet, this little pamphlet, uh, there are five steps we've been following along in this. Pick one of these up out in the lobby. Uh, and they, it's, it's kind of a guide. So whenever you have a difficult uh, conversation, a challenging a talk with someone, or someone is having one with you, take this and refresh yourself about uh, some of the things we've learned over the last five weeks. But some of them just, you know, don't go the way we really would love for them to go. So how do we respond when that happens? How do, how do we posture ourselves in a healthy way? And um, if you look at Jesus' life, tell me some of the things Jesus did. How about you guys just shout it out so we can get on the, on the video too. Say that. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Fed the hungry. Saved him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what else? He prayed. Died on the cross. But some things he did for people. Yeah, he washed feet. He served. He healed people. He ate with people. There's a lot of meals in the New Testament. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) A lot of times together eating, you know. Every every time we sit down, uh, every time I have a meal with someone, I, I ask the Lord to remind me when we're having this pleasant time that this is just a foretaste. That this is a touch of the kingdom with people and a pleasant conversation and eating some good, hopefully, food. And, uh, you know, enjoying the moment that that's just as much as uh, Jay was talking about a God moment a while ago. A God moment is almost anything you'll experience. That's why it, it, it just seems right to us when those things happen. When we're in a good setting and we're with people we love and we're having a great meal. It just seems like this is right. And you know what? It is right. That's the whole thing. So... Uh, if you've got your hand out, you can flip over, and there's a fill-in on the back side. If you have your uh, brochure with you on difficult conversations, hard conversations, you can also follow through. I changed the words a little little bit just to adapt to the way I see things and the way I wanted to bring it to us as a church. But in John 4.23, our launch scripture, we read this. Yet a time is coming. Time is coming. And has come, has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. Do you see this both and here? The time is coming and has now come. Notice that. Matter of fact, you will see that kind of phrasing in and out of the New Testament. If you you look for it, you will see it. It's like... All right, something good is coming, and then it'll say, but it's come. It's like there's, well, is it an either or or a both and? And I really believe our affirmation, number five, from this booklet on hard conversations explains or at least 
helps us navigate times like what we're in right now. And, and it will also help navigate through the conversations that we have that don't seem like they're really going to get reconciled. That they look like they're maybe going to stay in some tension for some time. And so there's, there's great hope in, in this affirmation. And uh, the affirmation is we choose to accept that we live in the already and the not yet. Now, I want you to stick with me. If you've been in the vineyard for some time, this is going to sound familiar to you. Uh, but we're going to unpack this a little bit because just as in John 4.23 says, a time is coming and has now come. And we're going to unpack that because this will help us and it will assist us when we have times where things are not really going to get settled the way we wish that they and they could be, but they're just it's just not happening. And so, um, you know, let's pray over this and uh, and we'll jump into it. So, Father, thank you for the time this morning to be able to look at your word, to be able to talk about these uh, this tension-filled time, Lord, that we find ourselves in. Uh, we do pray, indeed, for all those who have been affected by the storms, and even this morning, uh, Lord, by the Nate, the other storm moving in, it moved into the Gulf Coast, and through there, we pray this morning in Houston and Miami and the Panhandle, and our friends in Puerto Rico and uh, loved ones in Puerto Rico, and uh, Father in, in Las Vegas, and uh, Jesus, we pray your peace. And we pray, indeed, Lord, that your kingdom would come. And, uh, Lord, we prayed this morning for us. We, uh, we want to engage with you. We want to engage with your spirit to help us understand and to equip ourselves, Lord, to be able to be followers of you in this world. And so, uh, Holy Spirit, come. Come and teach us. Uh, come and heal us. Come and empower us. Uh, we give our hearts, our minds to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, th this is, as I said, kind of like a fog of sorts when we sometimes we see so clearly things. And at other times, about the time we think we have uh, people's or even God's plans understood and we get excited about it, something comes in and makes us question them, question them. In 1 Corinthians 13, that wonderful chapter on love that so many of you guys read at your wedding or had read to you at your wedding, in verses 9 through 10 and, and uh, 10 and 12, or 9 through 10, yeah, and 12, we read this, For we know in part, can you say that? I know in part. I know in part. And I prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Now, let's say it. Now I know in part. Yeah. Then I shall know fully. Then I shall know fully. Even as I am known. You see that again, kind of along with our, our John passage, that it's like God is trying to bring us along to say, indeed, uh, something wonderful has happened. And you can see some things, but you can't see everything. 
And that is frustrating at times. And we call that, uh, you know, the kingdom of God is a deep uh, theological uh, belief for us in the vineyard. We believe in the rule and the reign of God, that it has come in Jesus Christ. The things that you guys listed off earlier when you said he heals, he feeds, he loves, he restores, he saves. All of those many things are is that God has come and shown his love and his affection and his care for his creation. That is the now of the kingdom. And we believe that Jesus inaugurated the kingdom. That is, he brought it and he birthed it forth on the earth in his life. And we see it. But we also know, even from watching his life and what happened in the apostles' life in the early church, that heaven has not completely come to earth yet, has it? Is it like it should be? Do you believe yet? I don't think so. You know, I don't think everything is like God wants it yet. But at the same time, we see previews of it. We see it in our lives at times. And this is the already and the not yet of the kingdom of God. When I, the vineyard taught me this. It comes from a theologian uh, from many years ago, George Eldon Ladd and some other folks who unpacked the fact that when Jesus came... Here is Jesus coming. The whole of eternity was waiting for him to come. He comes. And he brings the presence of the Father. And he brings the presence of the kingdom. And, we, and the disciples, like many of us, want to say, It's finally here. All the pain and all the suffering and the estrangement from one another and also from God our Creator is over. We have been reunited with our Creator and now things will get better. But then they, then things, suddenly the apostles, Jesus even tells Peter, like, one day the peop, you know, somebody's going to lead you where you don't want to go. In other words, to your death. But, you know, that's why I ask him, do you love me, Peter? Because you're going to remember this at that time. You're going to be able to go. I can do this because I love you, Jesus. There's something not quite completed yet. Can you see that? And Jesus, you know, in Acts 1... When he's having this conversation with his disciples before he ascends back to heaven. What is their question to him? Is it now that you're going to establish your kingdom? Like they're still looking for it. They're still expecting God to come in and set up his kingdom. His rule and reign and everything be put to rights right then. And Jesus, you know... Actually, you know, Jesus looks at him and, and they go, he goes on. You go to the room and, you know, you wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And uh, is it at this time? And the, the angels say, why are you sitting here looking at him? He's going to come back just the way he left. In other words, this is none of your business. You got a job to do. You go to the room, you wait on the Holy Spirit. There is this time, let's say this microphone, Jesus first coming. Then there's over here, Jesus second coming. Where do we live? Right here. Right here. Now, I'm glad I'm living here and not here. You know, I'm glad I'm living in this place of the tension of the already Jesus, but the not yet. Do you see that? That's why Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come. He taught his disciples that, right? Your rule and your reign come here on earth, in earth, here on earth, and may your will be done here as it is where? 
in heaven, which is just another word for kingdom. It's another word for the rule and the reign of God, the environment where God gets exactly what he wants. We are to pray that during this middle period that God would break in, come in, because we've seen it in Jesus. We've seen what happens when the kingdom breaks in. We've seen that the hungry are fed. We've seen that the, the hurting are healed. We've seen that the lonely finds families, that the orphan is not alone. We've seen that the thirsty get water. We've seen that those who need help get it. We've seen that in Jesus. Every time we open the Gospels, we see it. And so Jesus says, pray. Pray that his kingdom comes, his rule and his reign. Just like it's being done there in the sphere, in the presence of God pray that it break into the earth and we saw it breaking in in Jesus and some of you have seen it I saw it last Sunday I saw it out here I saw it in this room I saw it in that tent when I heard the conversations you were having and the laughter you were having I saw the kingdom come and I pray more of it Lord more of it but because we live in this middle place which is Wonderfully challenging and exciting because we can see the kingdom come. That's why we pray for the sick. We pray the kingdom come. Now we know we live in this already and we pray for the already. We want to see more of the already, right? But we know we're not there yet. Jesus hasn't returned yet and set up in fullness his kingdom. But we know he's done the work. And now we're here. And so when I don't see it happen... I know I'm living in the not yet, but it shouldn't stop me from praying for the already. You get this? Because you don't know. And Jesus told us to pray. That's why he told us to pray and lay hands on one another. Pray for the sick. Because we want to see the already of the kingdom. We want to see it break in. Does it always happen? No. Because we're not there yet. But it does happen. It does happen. We've got testimonies in this church of it happening. And therefore, we continue to pray for it to happen. With faith. Now this, this is a, you can take every bit of this, the already and the not yet, and you have to take it as a template and press it into our relationships, especially at times when we're having difficult conversations. Because if you're, you know, you can get so uh, expectant that, especially between Christians, right, between us, between we believers, that we are people of the kingdom, so surely we can sit down and have a great conversation when we have a difference. And we can get on the same page. After all, we have the same Holy Spirit in us, right? But we still live in this place of tension. And so when those things don't go well, those conversations, and we don't find a place where it seems like we're going to be able to stay on the same road together, remembering that we live in a place of the already, but also the not yet is very helpful. And in your fill-in, I've got a, a few things to help us. And how do we respond to this? And the first one is this, is we persevere. We persevere. We don't, you know, we're not a people that give up because we have experienced the not yet. In the already of the kingdom, the things that we've been seeing over the last month or so in our world would never happen. Never. It's, a, it's an obvious sign of the not yet. And I'm sure you're a lot like me that when I see this horror and I see the people that have been so damaged and hurt and 
that part of your life goes, God, please, you know, that's when you pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you continue to persevere. I don't. Don't get up and, and walk off. I, I read a tweet the other day from someone and, and they said in response to this, God is going to have a lot to explain when I see him. You know, I think we have a lot to explain. You know, honestly, I, I think that the brokenness of our nature, the pain and the suffering of being estranged from God since the day Adam and Eve did what they did and then all of history down through this point in time have left us so scarred. And left such a vacuum in our lives that outside of the help of Jesus Christ, we are, we're in trouble. And, uh, you know, could God break in and stop things? He has. Does he do it all the time? No, he doesn't. Can I explain that? Nope. But I can. I do know I'm living in between here and there. And I know that I can pray and I know I can pray for peace. And I know I can do all I can as an emissary of his to put myself in a position of being a peacemaker, to be someone who is there to bring comfort, someone who can try to help others walk through healing. And that seems to be the theme of Jesus throughout his life to his disciples. And all of the New Testament, it seems to be teaching us to persevere. You know, the Christian life is not a sprint. We can come out of the chute quick many times when we have these happy moments in our lives and we come out so excited and, and, and we should. And we're like, this is great, you know. But really, the, the Christian life is a walk. And Paul uses that term many times, the walk. And that is of putting one foot in front of the other and walking through whatever comes into your life and persevering in it. Walking through it. Walking through it with the prayer of, your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And the fact that he has us, his church, his people in the midst of this tension as a city on a hill, as a light. And so if I have a problem with a dear friend, someone that I've loved and trusted for years, maybe decades, and suddenly we come to an impasse and we both are hurt and we we have a separation. Do I just, like, I'm done with this. I, I, I'm never going to have another friend again. And there's something inside of you that wants to do that, right? You don't want to trust anybody. You don't want to get close to anybody again. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit within us who has filled us, those of us who are followers of Christ, and compelled us and sent us into our relationships as emissaries of His, says, step out again. Walk persevere look for signs of the kingdom you can do this i'm going to be with you i'm going to heal you i'll walk with you we persevere we put one foot in front of the other i want to read a scripture colossians 1 9 through 14 and notice this for this reason this is paul to this to a church in colossi since the day we heard about you about the church paul says we have not stopped praying for you we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit 
in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. And giving joyful thanks to the Father, it can be a joy in the middle of it all, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance, that's what's coming, right? In the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. When you go back to the dominion of darkness, you see Jesus, well, we've got an enemy. We don't talk a lot about him around here. I don't like to give him much cred. But the devil, you know, is active. There is an evil spirit in this world at work. Jesus went to the cross. The devil thinks if I can kill him off, it'll all be done. Well, hey, God is the great turnaround, right? It was all in the plan. All in the plan. And God allows that to happen. And, it, and when Jesus does that, it's Jesus gave his life. It was God putting his foot on the devil's head. But we also know this from Scripture. We know that there's still evil in this world. The Scripture tells us the devil knows his time is limited. So he is wrathful on the face of the earth. Out to do all he can to destroy and to rob from mankind everything God has planned for us. And so that's why we are his emissaries. That's why we still pray for those who are harassed by demons. Yes, I do believe that. I believe demonic spirits do harass and not just demon possess people. But the demonic realm does want to harass me. You wants to try to force us to think things to push us different directions and we have to war against him we have to know that in the body together praise for one another and we support one another we pray for the presence of God to come we're in a battle with that but we know that the battle's been won it's like uh you know what was it uh VE day and VJ day you know it was between the times like the you know Normandy had happened the war had been won yet there were still battles going on until the armistice was signed you get this? We live in between the times. The war has been won, but there's still battles to fight. And we know that that day is coming. And so Paul is telling this church, he's like, I pray for you because you're in the middle of this. But there's joy in the middle of it. And when we're in our conversations and we feel like, okay, this has damaged me so much, I can't have another relationship. No. Don't let the enemy or don't let that situation, the tension of this moment, rob you of the beauty of wonderful, healthy relationships. Step one foot. Not asking you to do a broad jump. No, he's not, he's not asking you to, to say, I've gotten hurt, so let's broad jump over and let me do the same thing to someone like that. No, he's saying, put one foot in front of the other. Walk. Trust me. Walk. So we persevere. We persevere in those moments when things don't go quite uh, like we want. I, when I was thinking of this, I've got these giant post-its on my wall, uh, you know, with sermons and crazy stuff, ideas and, and all at home and in the office. Um, and I thought, that's us. We want to be a sticky people. You know, we want to stick. We, we don't want the, the glue on the back of our lives to drop every time. There's something written into it that we don't like or something that's painful, right? We want, to, we want to stick it out. We want to persevere. We want to step into that next 
relationship. We want to step into possible reconciliation. We want to step forward into healing. because, And we pray, your kingdom come. Your rule and your reign now, God. It would be great to see you show up right now in a miraculous way in this conversation. And so you pray that. But it doesn't always go that way. But you persevere. One foot in front of the other. One foot in front. Even in your pain. I'm not telling you to deny your pain at all. Matter of fact, you admit it. This hurts. This hurts a lot. It really does. But God, with your help, I'm going to take the next step. Next step. And sometimes that's all you can do, right? I uh, reading this article on uh, discipline and such, and they were interviewing this Navy SEAL, and he was explaining that when they run, they run the distance with a full pack from Miami to New York by the time they're done with their training. And the guy asked him, he says, how in the world do you get out of your rack knowing you've got to run another 30, 40 miles that day, that morning? He says, I don't think about running 30 or 40 miles. He said, I lay in that rack and I'm hurting and I don't want to get up. And he says, but I I do this. Can I put one foot on the ground? And he goes, I can do that. So he puts one foot out of the rack. Can I put the next foot? Yep, I can put the next foot. Can you put your gear on? I can put my gear on. Can you take the next step out? I can take the next step out. Every step is an intentional step. Not looking way down the road, but the next step. And sometimes in our relationships, we're hurt so bad, we expect everything to change overnight. That's just not practical many times. But we can take a step. We can persevere. We can expect the most, and we can pray for his kingdom to come. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Secondly, we look forward. We don't want to do like, uh, you know, remember the song, Stuck in a Moment and You Can't Get Out of It? Remember that? Remember the prophet Bono? And, um, and he's like, you're stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. No, we want to look forward. We don't want to get stuck in a moment. And it's really easy to camp out in our pain and in our sense of a failure of a conversation or with a friend or uh, maybe a, an experience we had on the job or whatever. It's, it's really easy to stop looking beyond your pain. And there's so much hope in, in moving forward, leaning forward. I had a t-shirt on last week that said, together, leaning forward, you know, leaning out. And that is that it's God's people, is those who understand we live in between the times. We are leaning forward to that day. We are always leaning this way. Like we expect God's kingdom to break in. We expect him to show himself strong. We expect that another day will bring another hope and another opportunity for God to show himself loving and beautiful and healing in this moment while we live in the tension between the two. And so um, we lean forward. We look forward. Don't get stuck in the moment. And uh, when we do back up and stick, you know, it's a good thing. I always like pray like, Lord, I, you know, I don't know if I did this. I don't know if they did this. I don't know if it's environmental. Uh, I don't know if you're doing this. You know, are you up to something here that I can't see in this situation? And, and so the tension is there. And, and there's, you know, it's, that's when you just, you go, Lord, give me wisdom. Uh, I'm looking forward because this day is not all there is. I don't know how many times I've told this to people and, and even some folks, friends of mine who have gone through very, very, very tough times and felt like they had so locked down in that moment they couldn't live life any longer. 
And I'm like, this is not the last day. Do you hear that? Some of you need to hear this. Today, right now, your moment in life is not the, to- the sum total of your life. In just a few minutes, I promise a few minutes, you're going to get up and you're going to walk out of here. And there's going to be another opportunity to experience God's grace as much as it is the challenge and the tension of it already in the not yet. This is not the end of it. Not yet. Not yet. Things can change. And I've said, I've tried to speak. Sometimes we need people telling us that. Looking us in the eyes and going, there is another day tomorrow. And if God grants you life beyond the next week, two weeks from now, you have no idea how good it could be. Six months from now, can you imagine what your life could be like? The new people you could meet. The things you could do for others. The difference you can make in people's lives. No, you don't. Don't get stuck in this moment. Don't get stuck and and not be able to get out of it. Lean forward. Look forward. And then, um, you know, I didn't mention this last week. I was so excited with all of you guys. I I shortened the sermon, which, amen, you can. Um, But... We tell ourselves stories when we have these conversations with people. And when someone confronts us, we immediately, our feelings will begin to, there's a recorder, a narrative. There's a a novel that suddenly begins to, we hear it in our heart at least. Suddenly that person who is having the conversation with us, everybody like them in our lives suddenly comes to the front. And we began telling ourselves a story about this one situation. And if you don't get a hold of your feelings at that moment and and write a new story, then you will get stuck in the moment. But if you stop it and go, wait a minute, let me take stock of this. What is real here? I told Bruce the other day, I said, Bruce, you know, we were talking about this. I said, it's like when and he and I are close and we talk about a lot of things around here and we have opinions. And then you know, and I'm like, you know, we've known each other for 20 years and walked through this church for 20 years now. And I'm like, if we have a disagreement or something for a narrative to suddenly pop into my head that Bruce doesn't like me, he's about to reject me is a lie. Now, because I have that in, in my past somewhere where maybe other people, suddenly I'm, this, this narrative is beginning to run. If I don't stop that feeling immediately and go, wait just a minute, I got 20 years of a friendship here. What? Don't go there. Don't do it. Stop that and begin to you know, look for the true story in the midst of that. The true story is you belong to God. The true story is you're in between the already and the not yet. You can't see things clearly. It's a fog. It's a haze. But you see enough. You know enough that God has called you to take the next step. You know enough to know that God has put people in your life who do love you, care about you. And you've got some history there. Tap into it. Don't let a lie and don't let all the failure and all the hurt and the pain from the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years accumulate into this one person in this one time. And that story starts to run. I knew it. I knew it. I knew I couldn't trust anybody. I knew. When there's a whole another narrative to write. Make sure you're writing the right story and you're reading the right book. Make sure you're reading the healthy, good book. 
the book of the kingdom of God when you get into these moments. And uh, lastly, I want to say this. We pray. And look, praying is not the last resort. It's the first resource. You got that? It is not the last resort. It is the first resource God gives us. We pray early on in it. Afterward, we pray. We pray. Jesus tells Peter, he's like, you know what? The devil is going to come and sift you, but I've prayed for you. When I read that, I know he's saying that to me too. Tim, the devil wants to sift you, but I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. He's at the right hand of the Father now, speaking to the Father about me, about you, making intercession for us. So we persevere, we look forward, and we pray. One of the most healing Traditions we have in the church is communion. You guys have a packet this morning? If you don't have one, raise your hand so you can receive one. I believe, I believe that something very special can occur when we celebrate communion together. I believe, no I don't believe it is the flesh and it is the blood of Jesus but I do believe the presence of Jesus can be pervasive when we celebrate this. I have seen people healed while they take communion. I've seen relationships healed when people take communion. But most of all, I have seen myself healed or the beginning of healing to start. Once I realized Jesus was broken for me. That he spilled his very blood and wrote a new contract in the pain and the suffering on that cross, he wrote a new contract for me that says, Tim, you're going to be okay. <laughs> you're going to be all right. Yeah, you live in this tension-filled place, but you're going to be okay because I've been to the cross for you. I've broken my body for you. I have paid the ultimate price. I know it's tough, but you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Let's stand, guys. you to take the, the piece of bread maybe out. I, I do this. I've been doing this for decades now. But I always like to take a piece of bread and I break it every communion. So I can hear that breaking. So that I know that no matter how much of break, brokenness in my own life. And that Jesus has gone before and his own body was broken for me. So that I could be healed. So that his power and his grace and his mercy could come and flow in my life. And that's the true in relationships. And when it doesn't go right, it's wonderful to take communion and go one day, Lord. Like Paul told the Corinthian church who were having an all out. It was a crazy church. and uh, But it was a revival church, you know. Every gift in the spirit operating. But they didn't really care that much for each other. It was weird, you know. And it just shows you how things can get out of sync. But in the middle of this, Paul comes through and he talks about communion he says we need to search our hearts how is your heart with your brother with your sister it doesn't mean you let the pain you wash over it but can you say lord i'm broken this morning but i know you were broken for me and so there's power in this as we realize the price that jesus paid so father this morning 
as your church, as those you love, we recognize that you were broken so that we could be healed. In our weakest moments, Lord, you are strong. So let your kingdom come as we participate in this celebration this morning. As we take the bread. In Jesus' name, we remember you, Lord. Eat. That bitterness of brokenness that you taste in the bread is soon washed away with the sweetness of the wine. The fact that there is a new agreement with our Creator and us. And you know what? It can be between us as well, people to people, when we lean into Him. This is the cup of the new covenant of hope, drink, and remembrance of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.